blessing to the Lord. Would you open your precious Bible tonight to the book of Philippians in the New Testament? Philippians chapter number 4, please. Philippians 4. And um, I want to catch, I know Wednesday night I've been preaching on this. I want to catch up all the Wednesday night workers. If you're not able to be here on Wednesday, I've been preaching on dealing with worry or winning over worry. I've even kind of entitled it, Don't Be a Worry Wart. But how can we overcome worry? Um, we're finding the passage here in Philippians chapter 4. The Bible speaks a lot about this, and especially in this position, this passage here. I want you to notice verse 4, Philippians chapter 4. The Bible says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, I know every time I've said that, it's a double command. That's a double command. God says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So he said it twice, and the reason he can say it twice is because notice he didn't say rejoice in your circumstances. Notice he didn't say rejoice because your bank account's fat. He said rejoice in the Lord, and again always I say to you rejoice in the Lord. So we know that the source of our rejoicing is in the Lord because he doesn't change. Verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And then here's the passage. Here's the text. This is exactly what God's dealing with here is worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So let me help you with your thought process a minute. I've said this before, and look, I've failed, you have failed, but we have a good guideline here, a good recipe. One of the reasons we stay depressed is because we think on the wrong things. Someone might say, well, I can't help what I think. Yes, you can. God says to us that if they're not in this list, if you're occupying your thoughts and mind with something that doesn't line up with this passage, then you're not following the prescription that God's given us for our thought life. Now, I know we're human, but this is the prescription that we should follow. Now, we look in verse 6, be careful for nothing. what 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 that phrase means is don't worry. You're not supposed to worry. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Nothing means nothing. Don't worry about nothing. Be careful for nothing. Worry. The world is full of worry. Look, we're worried about our futures. We're worried about diseases. We're worried about pressures of life. We're worried about the stresses of life. There's people that's worried about dying. And as a Christian, we shouldn't worry about dying. That ought to be a homecoming for us. Now, I don't want to die tomorrow, but I'm not scared of it. But I want you to know, some seek help from doctors. Some seek help. They try to get it from drugs. Some, look, we know that it can cause ulcers and and anxiety and stress, worry. It It causes some people just to simply, they give up. They just quit. So worry, what does it mean? It's to divide the mind, to rip apart. It rips apart your mind. It it divides your mind. Look, worry has never dried one tear. 
Worry has never mended one broken heart. Never done it. Sitting around worrying, here's the greatest picture that I can think of. You get out in a boat, you get out in the middle of a lake, and you take your boat, you get your oars, and you work to a sweat and frenzy, and you want to get across over the other side, so you worry about it, and you just row. And you're just swinging around in circles. You're doing a lot of work, but you're not getting anywhere. You're, you're, you're expending a lot of energy and a lot of resources and you're working at it, boy, but you ain't getting the thing done and that's exactly the way worry is. It never mends a broken heart. It never fixes a problem. It just takes up time and effort and resources. Now, what is really worry? You don't know what worry is? This is what it is. We're saying God can't. That's what we're saying. When we worry about things, especially long term, we're saying, God, you can't do it. So how should we respond to worry? Now, I've given these to you, and I'm not going to go over them because I've already went through them on Wednesday. You can listen to them on Wednesday night. But I talked to you about don't worry about tomorrow. We took the verse out of Matthew 6, 34. God said not to fret yourself because tomorrow, tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't let tomorrow's problems ruin your day to day. Don't worry about tomorrow. No. Number two, stop trying and start trusting. I'll give you a verse on that. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We try to carry around all this stuff. We can't change it. We can't do anything with it. It's too heavy for us to carry. So God says, roll it over on me. He can handle it. And when you hand it over to him, when you cast it over to him, quit picking it up. Quit picking it up. There has to come a time where you have to trust the Lord with it. You can't change it anyhow. A lot of things you can't change. So we have to trust the Lord. We have to cast that upon Him. You cannot change others. You cannot change circumstances. You cannot change situations. But you can change yourself. And that's where we ought to be spending our time and resources. Then I said to you, give it to God. Right here, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. Give it to God. That's what that verse means. Quit worrying about it and give it to the Lord. Trust Him with it. Give the promise to God, or give the problem to God. Pray that God will give you the strength to face the day as a Christian. Then I shared with you, and I want to spend the rest of my time on this, and uh, I want you to notice I've given you, I want to give you eight things. But before I get into all of these, I'll touch on a couple. But then I want to talk to you about what are some common normal reactions to when we get deeply hurt. Now, you, you're not going to go through life without getting hurt. And I'm going to just say this. You're probably not going to go through life without getting deeply hurt. Deep hurt. And we have this uh, connotation, or at least I have had this in my mind and thought about others, and maybe we've had this, but I think it needs to change. If someone is struggling and hurting, sometimes we look at those people like they're not very spiritual, has nothing to do with that. They're human. They're going to hurt. And I've really been helped with this because, but not only are they going to be hurt, here's what I'm encouraged by. There's always a healing. See, here's what I want to say to you. Um, here's number uh, five, if you're taking them down. Because we said give them to God. You're getting them there. Don't worry. Don't, we're going to win over worry. Number five. 
Here's one way why we can win over worries because bad things got, can become good. Get it? Bad things can become good. I'm not going to expound on this long, but we understand, we have to understand this. And here's where we're at today. Quit seeking self-pity. Quit seeking self-pity. If somebody is hurt and someone's going to get hurt and we're going to have to deal with struggles with life, but there's always a healing. But for that person, if all they ever want is self-pity, they'll never get to the healing. They'll never get the healing because they don't want the healing. They just want that problem to be magnified and tell how bad it is and they don't want to struggle to get the victory over it. So when we think about this, we have to understand bad things can become good. The life of Joseph is a perfect example of that. That didn't happen overnight, but Joseph, it took him years to be able to say to his brothers who had hurt him deeply, what you meant was unto evil, but God meant unto good. His healing process took place and he realized bad things can be good. We know Romans 8.28 is true. So here's the thing. How do we react to a bad situation? If we only sit around and worry about it, struggle with it. And by the way, there's a time for that. There's a time to heal. There's a time to hurt. There's a time for all of that. I'm not saying that we're going to be so superhuman Christians that we're not going to hurt and struggle. But the truth is we have to come. The Holy Spirit of God will help us realize bad things can become good. And we have to trust the Lord for that. Stop worrying about it. Look, here's what we need to start doing, accepting our responsibility as a Christian. How should I react to this situation? How should I react to this problem? How should I react to this hurt? I can resist it if I want to, but what I should do is I should respond correctly to God because if I respond correctly to God, let me say this, when we resist The Lord, He's trying to work in our hearts and lives and the longer we resist Him, the problem could get worse. The problem could continue because God is using that to get us to a place not to resist Him. So think about it. After you're restored, look, here's what happens. You become sweeter. You become stronger. And I'm going to say this, I believe we become more sensitive to things in a good way. That we can be sensitive to others' needs, others' hurts. I want you all to know something. I look at things totally different than I did three months ago. Totally different. You say, well, Pastor, have you changed your doctrine? No, I'm not changing my doctrine at all. But I do believe when God works in someone's heart, and it could be through great sorrow, great trouble, great tragedy, I want you to know the end result for the Lord is to make that person stronger, sweeter, and more sensitive. Not more bitter. So it's sad when some do not learn from the experiences of life. You say, Pastor, does Christians do that? I see them all the time. They go through one thing after another and they don't understand why they went through it and they don't have the right outlook on why they might. They don't see that that's just a bad thing. No, it could be a good thing if you let God work in your heart. Now, here's where I want to bring this in. 
This is why sometimes this is difficult because if you're the one hurting or if something has happened to you, there will be times of deep trouble in our lives and even as a Christian. And I'm going to say this, even as a leader, how does it affect you? How will you react? How will I I react? How will I respond? How will you respond in times of trouble? Will it make us or break us? Let me give you four, I believe, natural, natural reactions after a hurt or a tragedy. Number one is usually denial, shock. You know why? Because here's what we say. We refuse the facts and here's what we say. This just cannot be happening to me. That's a normal response, even for a Christian. The shock value of someone being hurt or something being done in such a way, it is a shock to your brain, to your system, to your heart. It's a shock. And that is, I believe, the first. And we say that. Here's how it responds. I just can't believe this is happening. And so here's what we don't want to do. We just kind of want to not face the facts. But let me just help you this. You must face the facts. There has to be a period of time where you have to quit denying that I'm in this situation. You're in this situation. That is a normal response, but the healing will never come until you realize the facts. Number two, I believe this is the second. Absolute uh, normal reaction usually is anger. Anger. Very natural. You're going to be anger towards those who maybe you think should be blamed. Some even blame God. And by the way, I've been there. And here's the problem with this level. Some stay there for years. They're just angry. They're angry at everybody. They're angry at the people. They're angry at the situation. They become bitter. And they stay at this level. They never improve, but they become bitter. Look, I've learned this. Anger never solves a problem either. It's never solved a problem. But it sure feels good, don't it? Just to be angry at something or someone. We think it makes us feel better. We think we're justified in being angry. And by the way, the Bible does say to be angry and sin not. But I want you to know something. If you stay at this level after you've been hurt or after you've dealt with a tragedy, you will never get the healing that God desires for you to have. But it's a normal reaction. There's going to be times of anger. But we can't give in to that anger long term. Number three. I believe this is an absolute normal reaction. I truly believe this. It's to bargain with God. In other words, we try to bargain with the Lord. In other words, we say things like this. Lord, if only you will. (laughs) Or we'll say things like this to the Lord. Where did I go wrong, Lord, and why? Been there. Can I just say this? (laughs) And I've learned this. Knowing why does not change it. 
And I believe the fourth normal reaction is a time of depression and discouragement. And I'm going to tell you all something right now. There's a lot of people there. You say, how do you know? Well, they start withdrawing and they want self-pity. I'm sorry. At this point, this fourth level, look, here's what needs to happen. The person needs to reverse the problem. There has to come a time that they stop giving all of their time to that problem. It cannot consume them. have this quote. Don't let depression lead you to despair. Look, all of us are going to get discouraged. And all of us are going to be depressed. There's no doubt about it. But that depression as a Christian should never lead us to despair. Despair can become a deep emotional withdrawal and turn. Look, we need to turn to the Lord and let him let him help us before we get to this level. Now I'm talking about normal human reactions. We've all felt these. We've all done these. And I'm not going to say to anybody that they're unspiritual because they have a time of struggle. If they have a time that they're denying things, if they have a time that they're dealing with anger, if they have a time where they're trying to bargain with God and get questions from Him, they are going to have a time even maybe where they get discouraged and maybe even depressed. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're in serious trouble when we let that stuff linger. Because I'm going to tell you all something right now. It's a fight of a lifetime. But you better fight it. You say, Pastor, well, you've been doing the last two months. I've been fighting with all my life. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. So I look at things different. Sure, could I sit around and be discouraged and depressed? Yes, every day if I wanted to. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. I'm fighting with every bit I got. And I have no desire to be in despair. You know why? Because I got too many promises from God. And I believe that He's real. I believe He's true. I believe that He's not created us to live a defeated, despairing life. Even when we've been hurt, even when things don't seem right, He's still God on the throne. And everything's going to be alright. So when we deal with this, we cannot give over to worry. We cannot give over to despair. And so I'm giving you things to think about, principles in our lives to fight this. So we talked about bad things can become good. Then notice this. I've only got three more. I want you to notice we have to adjust our life to accept problems. They're going to come. We're not going to be able to shelter our children from problems to come. I'm afraid that we have helped our young people become weak because we try to take care of all of their problems. And then when they have to face a problem, if mom and dad or a human being is not around, they don't even know how to go to the Lord. By the way, look, I love being your pastor. I'm here. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. I'm human. And I want to help anybody that I can possibly help. But there are some things that I can't help you with. Only the Lord can. 
And here's the thing, I'm limited. Sometimes I can't answer the phone. Sometimes I can't answer a text. But I can promise you that God's always there. But we have to adjust, we have to adjust our life to accept the problems. Sometimes God does not steal the storm, but He steals us in the storm. Some of us are looking for the storm to be still. No, God wants to steal you in the storm. That's a strong Christian, my friend. I mean, if he's going around clearing up all of our storms, we're not very strong Christians. He wants to steal us. We have S-T-I-L-L. He doesn't want to steal us. He wants to steal our hearts, S-T-I-L-L. Look, learn to look at the positive, not the negative. And that's so hard for some people, man. They can look at a glass and it's half full or half empty. And some of that's just personality. So I have to say, you've got to work on that. So think about it. We've got to adjust. Daily practice. Here's a good little thing. Put your, put your problems in a closet and shut the door. Put them in there. And when negative thoughts come up, here's what you do. You go cancel. Click. Jesus. Click. See, some people are softer in their mind. I'm going to tell you all right now, and I'm not saying I've always been good at this, but I've tried. You have to get aggressive with your thoughts. You have to. Because if you're not aggressive with your thoughts and you start letting stuff go, you're going to be in a mess. So when that negative thought comes in there, you just have to say, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stop that thought. I'm going to cancel that. I'm going to hit the cancel button. I'm going to think of something else. If it's not true, if it's not of praise, if it's not of any virtue, if it's not of a good report, if it's not lovely, I say, doop, just delete, 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 delete. Right? Number seven, you ever thought maybe God's allowed you to go through something tragic, something very painful so you can help somebody else? You know why? Grief's a real thing. Hurt's a real thing. Grief's real. And by the way, I want you to know grief is very painful. It's real. It can be overwhelming. Some try to bury themselves. They try to bury that grief. Maybe they'll try to bury it in work. They try to stay busy. They try to ignore it. Look, that ain't helpful. You need to face it. Grief does not just go away because you ignore it. And I've learned this. Grief is very necessary and it is part of the healing process. Get a hold of it. Grief is necessary and is vital for the healing process. Remember, it is all right to have grief. Write it down. It's all right to have grief, not guilt. It's all right to have grief, but it's not all right to have guilt. Yes, guilt can bring grief, but it should be a grief minus guilt. And see, to the Christian, here's what the devil's always trying to do. He's always trying to throw our past up to us. And by the way, we've all got one.
The person who refuses to grieve can easily become a bitter person. People are going to have to have their time of grief, and I've learned this. I'm going to let them have it. I've learned something this year. I'm going to quit going into people's house if they're struggling. And I learned this with a very precious person right here in this church not long ago. I walked in that woman's house, and I'm not being ugly, but she was struggling because she felt like people just telling her she needed to snap out of this stuff, snap out of this stuff, snap out, snap out, snap out. And just a, I mean, a tragic thing had just happened. So it was unrealistic to really believe that that woman could just snap out of that. But that would have been me a year ago if I'd have walked in that house without what happened to me, I'd have done the same thing. And I walked in there that day with a totally different perspective and I said, well, look, have you always snapped out of things pretty good? She said, I always have. I said, well, then there's a reason you haven't yet. But you will. If you let the Lord work in your life and help you and you go to Him and you let Him help you, you will. Sometimes we just want people. Come on now. Snap out of it. You just had your heart ripped out, but snap out now. Come on. Come on now. You're not spiritual. You don't snap out. Come on. Snap out. No. Remember, grief can be good. Now, let me just say this. If you use it to not snap out of it, now wait a minute, you're in the wrong place. There's a time for grief, but let me just say this. The sun does come up in the morning. Grief is something that should be dealt with, and yes, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but it can, the, the person who refuses to grieve uh, listen, they, they could easily become a better person, so we've got to let them grieve. Grief can be good if it's dealt with properly. And again, it's not a means to an end. Grief is not something, oh, well, pastors tell me I can grieve for the rest of my life. God didn't die for you to grieve the rest of your life. Amen. He's given us victory. Little Stone, I'm sure they're watching tonight. Little Stone has went through some serious trauma. His body has went through some serious trauma. And the little fellow is just going to, it's going to take time for him to heal. And that's amazing as a child how the months has helped him to heal. But he's got some more time to go. But he will heal even greater because time helps. And it's the same with hurt and, 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 and a great painful hurt, a sore, a very deep wound. It takes Time to heal. So here's my ending with this. How long does grief last? That's the great question, isn't it? <laughs> How long? Is, Pastor, you got an answer for that? How long so-and-so supposed to grieve? How, how long so-and-so supposed to hurt? I mean, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Can I just say this? Each person must make his own journey through grief. Each person. Individually, you know why? Because God has created everyone. There is not one, there are not two people the same. 
Look, even after the healing, there's flashbacks. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, we're human, right? But the truth is, I'm not giving you a message to spare here. I'm telling you, yes, you can be human, but we have supernatural power. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. It might take some time, but I'm going to say this. Slowly, there will come a time of healing where they will not be consumed. You will not be consumed by that tragedy or that hurt anymore. Amen. The healing may come, but honestly, sadness and pain, it could continue. And I'm going to say this, as a friend, as a wise Christian, your reaction to that's very important. If you're going to be a friend, a true friend, and you're going to be helpful to someone, you're never going to help them stay in despair. Your presence and how you talk to people, your care of them during that time is very important. You know, sometimes this is all that needs to be said. They might not even reach out to you. But here's all you need to say. Look, I want you to know I'm here and I care. I'm here and I care. And by the way, if someone's really hurting or struggling, they might not want to talk to nobody. But they've heard you. And that's all they need to know is that you care and you're there. They don't need preach to. They don't need preach to. They don't need... Told what to do or what everybody thinks they ought to do. They're hurting. They're going through a time of struggle. Let God have His way in their heart. Be a friend. But be an encouraging friend. In other words, don't add to their pain by telling them how bad their problem is. If they're in the middle of that, they're not going to see a lot of hope. But you ought to be wise enough, even though they might not be at fault and somebody else is at fault, they still ought to be given victory and say, hey, no matter what's going on here, when you get through this hurt, when you get through this pain, you're going to see things differently. God is still good. Don't get caught up in the, the depths of the hurt and the pain of the person hurting. If you're going to be that friend, they might say things. You say, man, that's uncharacteristics of so-and-so. That doesn't sound like so-and-so. Well, no, it don't sound like them because they're hurt. They're struggling. But you or I ought to have enough spiritual discernment about us. There's a reason they're that way and they're not going to be like that long. And we certainly don't want to lend to them staying helpless and hopeless by saying, oh yeah, that's a horrible problem. Oh my goodness, I don't know what I would do if I was in your position. Don't say stuff like that. Encourage them. You might be shocked. You might be, man, you might even in your mind. I've heard things before and I'm sitting there going, and they don't know it, but they're telling me something and I'm shocked. I'm like, dear God, I can't believe these people are going through this. Now, I'm not saying that out loud. That's what I'm saying in my mind. I'm going, dear God, help me right now. I don't know. what That shocks me. I know they're hurting, but how can I be encouraging to them? They're hurting. They're struggling. And look here, they have a right to be. So we have to have wisdom. Amen. 
as friends and Christians how to help somebody when they're grieving and hurting. Don't jump on the train with them. Oh, I know it, poor thing. Oh, I know it's horrible. I know it's awful. I know that's what we want to do. And you might can say little things like that. But don't go down that train with them. Always tell them that they have a bomb in Gilead. It might be as dark as night to them during that day, but let me just say this. Say, hey, I know you're struggling right now, but the sun will come up because you know why God is good and he's, His promises are true. But let them grieve. Let them hurt. You're not going to change it. And everyone's different. As a friend, our actions, our attention are very important. Our presence and our care are very important. A friend is someone who stays and doesn't leave. Here, close with this. A friend will bring comfort and hope. Comfort and hope. So, Pastor Herbie, I've learned this. <laughs> I hope to be a better Christian and pastor because of all this. And I hope God will help all of us. People's hurting everywhere, who they spoke. We can't help them. You tell me who's going to. If we get so discouraged and we're so depressed and we're struggling. And by the way, it might be your turn tomorrow. You might go through a dark day. Well, I need to see that and I need to understand the wisdom of that. And I need to try to be an encouragement to you. And bring comfort and hope. By the way, let me just say this. There's always hope. But you know what? In the darkest of our storms and days, we don't see it. So that's why it's very important. In the darkest of my days... Darkest of my days, look here, I'm glad I had some people around me that always reminded me of hope. So why don't you be that person? Amen? There's always hope. So let's quit being a worry ward. Let's take these few principles, and they're simple. If you want them, if you didn't write them down, I'll give you the notes. You can have it. This is what I've learned personally. This is me. This is... My mother said something the other day. She said, boy, I'm, I'm listening to Mark. And she's my mom, so she knows me pretty good. And she said, I'm listening to Mark preach. She said, she's, he's telling everybody where he is. She's dead on the head. He's walking you through it every step of the way. She's dead right. And this is how God spoke to my heart. Now, y'all take it. It's helped me. I hope it'll help you. And if it helps you, why don't you find somebody else to help? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to give the invitation this way. I could start personally with you, but you don't have to raise your hand here. I want this to be completely personal, but maybe you're doing, you're, maybe you're dealing with something right now and nobody knows about it. Nobody needs to know about it, but you just feel you could come up to the altar tonight. And maybe something that was said helpful to you, you give it to God tonight. 
If that's you, please, the altar's open. Number two, can I ask this? How many of you know somebody that would benefit by this message? You know somebody like that? Would you raise your hand? You know somebody personally? Well, why don't you get it to them? And then maybe tonight, I don't know, maybe you come on behalf of them, their intercessor tonight. Why don't you come on behalf of them tonight? Nobody needs to know who they are, but maybe you just make your pew an altar. But how about you tonight if you raise your hand? Why don't you lift them up to God that he will work in their heart and help them on their behalf? Maybe tonight you're going through something and something's been said that's been helpful to you. Why don't you come, find a place, or make your pew an altar, and let's go to God. Let's give it to the Lord tonight. You say he's helped you, then tell him thank you. Whatever it is, you be sensitive to the Lord. They're going to begin to play. Why don't you do as the Lord leads? Maybe you need to come and pray here. Maybe you need to pray in your pew. Maybe you want to come on behalf of somebody else. put somebody on your heart, why don't you lift them up tonight? Go to the Lord on their behalf. You can get a CD. You can, you can recommend them to get online. They can go on Sermon Audio. They can listen to it. Facebook, YouTube. There's so many ways they can hear it. They can hear the whole series. I started this on a Wednesday night, I think three weeks ago. little principles that God's helped me with. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We want to thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we do ask you now, you'll take your word, speak to our hearts, help us to become sweeter, stronger, and more sensitive. Well, thank you for what you do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And all God's people say it. God bless you. Be careful going home tonight. We will see you Tuesday night. What time? 545? Down in the blue room where we'll go Christmas caroling. God bless. Praise.